0: Good evening, my wonderful, patient and understanding anchor people. Uh, Diane, the Potty Purple Pod here. I've been absent, missing in action again for quite a while. Uh, Trying to figure out some of the technology behind this so that I can bring some more quality content rather than just me rambling on. And today I got the opportunity to interview a colleague of mine, another podiatrist, who's just back from a trip to Base Camp Everest, where he uh, went with four other colleagues. I won't go into too much detail because he'll tell you all about it in a minute. And so I'd just like to share that with you. It is about 25 minutes long. So if you've got time to listen to that, great if not, you might want to come back to it later on. I'm going to save it as a podcast anyway, so it should be available to listen to if anybody's interested when they're able to. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for now. Okay. Good morning and welcome to the Potty Purple Pod Podcast. I am here from Warrington. I'm joined today by my friend and colleague, Jonathan Small. Now you might think we're going to talk a load about podiatry. We're not actually today because Jonathan has just returned from an immense expedition to Everest base camp. I'm not going to elaborate too much on the detail because the questions I'm going to ask him today are going to speak to that. So uh, he's only been back, I think it's just less than a week. Is that right, Jonathan?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: In fact, I tell you what, Jonathan, say hi to everybody.
1: Hi everyone.
0: Okay. Good to have you. And, um, Jonathan, for anybody that doesn't know, is a podiatrist down in the Midlands area of the UK, a place called Southam, and um, yep. as I say, he's just back from his trip to Everest. So I tell you what, Jonathan, just to introduce yourself to anybody that might be listening, can you just give us a little bit of background about yourself and um, how the Everest idea first came about, please?
1: yeah okay so um so i'm a podiatrist been podiatrist for 27 years qualified now 30 years since starting training so i've dealt with a lot of feet in my time um and i'm in private practice um got my own clinic um in southern warwickshire um and uh i grew up with my mother suffering from rhinos and scleroderma um, which are two uh, diseases that uh, often go hand in hand um, and the latter is the most debilitating from the point of view it attacks the body's own um, uh, soft tissues and it damaged my mom's kidneys so she was one of the first people in the uk to go on kidney dialysis um, uh, on a continual system at, at home rather than having to go to hospital for it So, um, and, and she passed away quite young at age 55 so any charity fundraising I do tends to be for Rainers and Scoderma Association um, and so I do the odd thing to to try and raise funds for them um, and I tend to set myself some quite um, tough challenges. Six years ago I climbed the highest active volcano in the world, Cotopaxi in Ecuador um, that's the height of nearly 6,000 meters, which is nearly 20,000 feet, Um, and it nearly killed me, and I vowed I'd never go that high again, but I had an urge, I had an urge to see Everest, and I always thought that I'd want to, if I saw Everest, I'd want to go to the top of Everest, and I knew that was kind of a massive challenge, uh, and way beyond my reach, but I wouldn't have stopped me wanting to do it, but once I'd done 6,000 meters, and said I didn't want to go that high again, it was a lot easier for me to think, well, let's go and have a look at Everest from the bottom rather than from the top. So, um, so going along going on an Everest base camp trek. So I hit on the idea to do that a couple of years ago and, um, and it started to get momentum. Um, and uh, I was going to do it with a friend, but he had to pull out. So I put it out to the podiatry community um, to see if they'd be interested in doing it with me and four podiatrists did come along with me to, uh, to Everest base camp. So, so, so let me get this straight.
0: Was- you hatched an idea to do your i don't know bucket list trip i'm going to call it because i'm sure it's one of the things that, one of the many things that's on your bucket list um to go to everest base camp and you basically conned four other podiatrists to go with you have i got that right
1: I didn't con them, they came willingly, there was no, no coercion, I didn't have to twist their arms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right then, so you say, oh, I, I I jest with you, you know I am, um, but you put it out into the podiatry community, so so you've got this harebrained idea, I'm just trying to picture what happens, and you go, yeah. uh, I'm going to go to Everest Base Camp, anybody want to come along? So, you know, is is that what? You yeah, know?
1: that's it. Yeah, and, and four nutter's came forward. Yeah, yeah. So we got Andrew Lindsay and Kath Lindsay, right. and uh, Andrew Ayres and Anna Ayres. Um and they were all all quite active um, hikers, walkers, mountaineers, runners, whatever. Um, and outdoorsy um, folk. Yeah, outdoorsy folk. Yeah, and um, uh, and we came up with this concept of doing the pace trek, which was pod- podiatrists attempt, attempt Camp Everest.
0: Wow. Right. Yeah. So I'm not a climber or anything like that. So what is the difference between the height of Everest Base Camp and the volcano that you did in Ecuador that I can't possibly remember the name of or even okay. pronounce?
1: OK, so Cotopaxi that was. So, so Everest Base Camp's a little bit lower um not not massive amount lower um it's sort of uh 700 meters lower which is about two and a half thousand feet yeah but there was another thing that we did whilst we were there this past week or so was um go up to kalapatar which is five and a half thousand meters so that's only 400 meters less than i've been to previously and that was to see the sunrise over everest which was a spectacular sight
0: right so so that's actually higher up than Everest Base space camp then
1: that's right ah,
0: yeah i didn't get that because i know you were sending transmissions back when you were able to get some internet access but of course the nuances of the differences in height weren't really uh hitting home with me so so you did Everest yeah. Base camp and then you did a further challenge that was higher up than that but not quite that's as right. high as the ecuadorian yeah
1: uh, exactly,
0: to be to exactly. The sunrise. Yeah. and uh that sounds as though it was pretty spectacular then
1: yeah, it was. But the whole, the whole trek was the challenge. It wasn't just the walking that was the challenge. I mean, we did 80 miles, which isn't that much, but we did 30,000 feet of ascent and descent. So that's up and down for the two weeks, 30,000 feet. Now Everest is less than 30,000 feet from sea level. So we actually climbed more than the height of Everest going up and down. Wow. And wow. we did it in temperature. I oh, know, we did in temperatures down to minus 10 degrees, um, and uh, there was no heating in bedrooms at night, so we were sleeping in freezing conditions, um, we had poor sanitation because it was all squat toilets around the place, no showers for four days, so uh, that was pretty rank, and, <laughs> um, and, and we, each of us in the group had some form of illness stroke problem through the trek that really made it tougher on us than we expected it to be.
0: I'm going to get onto the tough challenge in a minute. So I won't let you go on about that too much yet. So, so you hatched this idea, you got some people to go with you. you decided on Everest Base Camp on the back of your previous experiences. What did you actually hope to get from this particular trip, Jonathan?
1: Um, So for me, it was um, to see Everest with my own eyes. That was the first thing. Okay. The second thing was to see if I was still able to get to a good height, um, like the Calapatar height, five and a half thousand metres. Um, and then the final thing, re- and, and, and to raise funds for charity, and then also to promote podiatry, the profession of podiatry. We're possibly the first group of podiatrists to go to every space camp, so it was a good opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean, anybody that follows your Instagram account can see all the pictures that you put out there of uh, Pods Fixed Feet all the way up the various bits of the challenge that you did, which I thought was really good. <laughs> and yeah, that, well, like, I'm learning really Instagram, aren't I? You? Pardon?
1: I'm learning Instagram, aren't I? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We're going to drag you kicking and screaming into, into, into Instagram. <laughs> okay. So you had two other couples with you i'm going to ask you about the toughest part of the trip so what was the toughest part of the trip for you and what was the toughest part of the trip for them if you can cover those two aspects for me please
1: okay so so for me it was the day that i went ill um i daftly managed to give myself carbon monoxide poisoning um that's the most likely diagnosis of what went on well you don't um, have to tell
0: us how that happened
1: yeah, so, so we're at, we'd been at altitude for 24 hours and I, I'd had no ill effects. I was coping fine. I'd experienced altitude before and I was all well. Um, and we were sat in a, a, quite a large dining room where everybody's using up the available oxygen um, throughout the evening. Um, they all head to bed and I'm sat in front of one of those portable gas heaters that throw out carbon monoxide. Um, and I sit there right in front of it, keeping warm for two hours, reading my book. Um, not realising that actually I'm breathing more carbon dioxide than I am oxygen, um, and I go to bed and I am really ill. Um, I uh, I have an awful night. I can't breathe. Uh, don't get any sleep. I have horrendous stomach cramps. I'm sick. Just a horrendous night. Um, and I just I just wanted to come home. I didn't want to stay there. Um, and the next morning I'm sat at breakfast and I am just uh, I, I just feel awful. Um, and um, uh, the, eventually they took me into to getting out in some fresh air and, and starting the walk. I don't feel like it at all um, and I really struggled that day. That was a really tough day. Um, but by the end of it, um, I, I once we get to the next place, um, I just go to bed and I sleep for 14 hours solid and then after that, I'm feeling a bit better.
0: A bit better. My yeah. goodness. So, So is carbon, I don't know anything about carbon monoxide poisoning, so do you start to feel unwell, do you start to become aware of something, or (coughs) is
1: it So so, so classically with carbon monoxide poisoning, you don't, you're in a confined room, and you, um, and if the carbon monoxide is there getting into your system, you just fall unconscious um, and potentially die. Yeah, that's that's the classic thing with carbon monoxide. But of course, I wasn't in an enclosed room. Yeah, it was quite an open room, so there was some oxygen around. So all I did, effectively, I poisoned myself, and the poison had to get its way out of it, out of my system.
0: And the only way for that to happen was for you to be back in the outdoors, breathing in fresh air, and mm. basically working it through. Oh, my word. All right. Yeah. So that was the tough challenge for you. That was your close to yeah. day then.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: What about for the others?
1: Yeah. So everybody had their own difficulties. Um, we had Andrew, who had. Andrew Lindsay had problems with um, some sickness and um, and sleeping. He doesn't sleep great anyhow uh, and it's quite draining for him. Um, Kath struggled with uh, breathing when we're going uphill um, with the lack of oxygen. Um, she found that a real struggle. Uh, Anna had um, uh, seemed to have problems with headaches. She seemed to have a constant headache at altitude that really did um, get her down. And then Andrew Ayres had um, um, what we suspect was uh, food poisoning. Um, so he was uh, he was sick for um, for a couple of days. So um, that all takes its toll on us. Yeah.
0: Well, particularly when it's a physical challenge and you need all your energy to put into it, I imagine. Um, so literally, none of the five of you escaped some form no. of health issue during the course of this trip. How close did the others get to wanting to quit?
1: Um. Uh. Uh, one, one of the things, uh, bear in mind the, the first ambition was to see Everest, and we saw that on day two or three. And it was like, okay, that's that box ticked. So once you start ticking boxes, you then think, okay, what am I doing here? Yeah? Um, and we'd raise the money for charity, etc. So to keep going is quite, is quite difficult. Um, nobody, uh, nobody really voiced – well, I, I say nobody. I think probably at some point we all had the discussion about what the hell were we doing there and why weren't we going home. Um, but, it, you know, you, you kind of keep it to yourself, don't you? You don't, uh, you don't want to lower the morale of the group. But I don't know if you remember, we hit one really bad day and everybody was feeling down. And I put in the uh, Padarchi Facebook group to say look come on please give us some support show show us your love basically Um, to give us some supportive messages because we were really all feeling quite down that day.
0: And uh, did the community rally round?
1: Yeah yeah we got lots of supportive messages coming through um, which was great and it really did give us the boost that we needed.
0: Fantastic. So what would you say is the biggest thing that you you gained and what was the biggest thing that you perhaps lost in this entire experience
1: um okay so i i i gained that fulfillment of knowing that six years after i did that big coat of backs i was still capable of doing pushing my body to an extreme um uh, but also knowing that i don't want to push my body to to those sorts of extremes anymore um uh and and lost um i think think probably i lost the the passion for doing that thing really um because it's it's horrible to feel ill for two weeks nonstop stop when you've chosen to feel ill but put yourself into a position you know um and um uh and and so you once you want to enjoy it you're struggling all the time it's all always a battle
0: yeah, I, I I imagine you've got like a, a mental conflict going on the constant time um, through a process like that. And uh, I, I can't imagine that's at all easy to deal with.
1: No, no, that's right. You, you know, you want you want to fulfill your challenges. You want to push yourself outside your comfort zone because that's where all the good bits are. Um, but at the same time, you want to retract into your comfort zone and go, oh, I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I know you were saying that on the day that uh, you were reaching out for uh, support from the podiatry community, that, you know, you'd, you'd achieved what you wanted to achieve, you'd, uh, you'd got your, uh, your charity target and whatnot. I, at that point, hadn't donated because I thought, I ain't donating to this cause until you've done it, come back safely and all the rest of it, so... You know, there was still there was still more more to be achieved.
1: That's, we that's right, and we and that, and that was one of the motivations. We we were we, you know we were saying we weren't going to let down the sponsors. You know, um, we had to get through this because they were sponsoring us to do it. But but I, I think a, a, a fair few people don't realise quite what it involves, um, and certainly we didn't. You know, in talking to people, they say, "Oh yeah, Everest base camp, that's a nice challenge." Nobody ever said to us, "That's a really tough, grueling thing you've got to get through." <laughs> <laughs>
0: but how come you didn't know that from your previous experience so how did it differ then in that case yeah let's go there how did it differ from ecuador okay
1: so 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 when i did ecuador ecuador was very different in that you went up the head mountain and you came down to a safe altitude a safe warm out altitude yeah um and then you do another and you go up and you come down whereas with um uh with every space camp you are constantly working towards a higher altitude going up and down and the temperature is getting less and less and the um and the facilities are getting worse and worse basically um your food options are less um so you're you know you can't after two or three days you can't have milk or meat products because there's no road transport for the goods um so everything gets carried on either by yak or pony or human power so if it's exposed to the sunlight during the day it's going to go off over time so um so it's a it a, it was a, a much longer drawn out challenge whilst the actual walking hiking wasn't as difficult as uh, as when I did Cotepaxi um and certainly the um uh you know the length of time it took to to get to the top of uh Cotopaxi was a lot harder and a lot more draining. this was still an an, an immense challenge yeah? yeah it was a toughie i I wouldn't want to do it again
0: so food don't don't laugh. Hey, do you know? Greatest respect to you, Jonathan. I could never, ever, ever do anything of that nature. So greatest oh, yeah. respect
1: to anybody. Is she, she who does a th- hundred thousand steps?
0: Oh, that was last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm nowhere near that target at the moment on the Fitbit. In fact, oh, she goes. <laughs> I don't guy I did even ten thousand steps yesterday. But anyway. I'm going, to, I'm going to take you back to those food options for a second, and, and the differences again between the experience in uh, Ecuador and Everest. So, if the food has to be transported physically, basically by yak or sherpa or whatever, so what are you, what choices are you left with by the time you get into those levels? Yes. Of no meat, no dairy. What what are you basically surviving on? Yeah.
1: So 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 vegetable curries. There's a, a dish called dal bat. Is a, a standard. Um, uh fair for uh for sherpas um noodles um spaghetti pasta pizza um those sort of things
0: wow so vegetable dal this side of christmas will it be
1: too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm ready I'm, re- I'm ready for some meat
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's brilliant that's brilliant so what would you say is your biggest takeaway from the whole experience?
1: Um, it, uh, certainly how doing it with friends um, it really makes a massive difference. Um, if I'd have had to go through that by myself without knowing people in the group, that would be so much harder. We we passed a, a group where the one girl was really struggling and, and she was left on her own and she had to battle on her by herself. Now, we didn't have to do that. We all supported each other um, and uh, and that was fantastic. The team who worked between us all was brilliant.
0: Okay, so whilst you're around the campfire then, I'm sure the discussion's moved on to what the next challenge is going to be. Come on, share. <laughs>
1: No, no. There, there was no. There was no looking forward. There was. We've got to get home safe from this. There was no. Because, <laughs> because of course, we, you, you, you may have seen that we'd ended up having to charter a helicopter out of there. Um, no, I didn't so, yeah. see
0: that. Come on, tell okay. me about that.
1: Okay. So, um, you, the the airport is uh, at Luckla, uh, and there's no roads to this airport. You just fly in and out, and it's it's an unusual runway because it's built on a slope, because it's only short. To give the planes a chance to land, and they're only small planes, so when the weather turns against them, so fog particularly, they can't run the flights. So on the day we're due to fly out, we have to uh, we sit around in the airport all day hoping to get a flight. We don't manage to. Now, if we don't fly the next day, we're going to miss our international flights home. So, um, so we think well, we can't sit around the airport all day. and Maybe we'd miss a flight, so we have to charter a helicopter to get us out of there. So, um, so the uh, the five of us ended up in a helicopter coming home.
0: Oh my word! Mind yeah. you, that would be a completely different experience. Wouldn't
1: yeah, it was, it? it was really good, and three of us hadn't done a hadn't had a uh, done a helicopter ride before, so they really enjoyed that. So, that no, was good. <laughs>
0: And I'm sure there was an element of we are getting out of here one way or another. Oh yeah, sounds like something not want out of a say, movie.
1: We did not want to stay that night in, in you know not in any comfort. We just didn't want to. In fact, everybody, I, I said, I'm not staying in the in the hotel dining room for another night. We are going out to the pub. So we we went to the Irish bar and the Scottish bar just for some different uh, decor and fun.
0: There's an Irish bar in yeah.
1: In the in pool. In yeah, 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 <laughs> Luckler, yeah.
0: Unbelievable.
1: There's one. There's one in Namche Bazaar that claims to be the highest Irish bar in the world.
0: <sighs> Unbelievable. <about> <laughs> we on the Guinness in there then, or what?
1: Uh, no, no, Why don't no. you don't do a drink
0: Guinness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was on the um, on the L'Keele coffees and hot chocolates just to warm up.
0: <laughs> All right. So you get home. And yeah. uh, into the warm and loving arms of your lovely wife and son. What's the best part of being home?
1: Um, w- warmth. <laughs> not having to do not having to do the routine of purifying your water and um, getting undressed in the freezing cold and and trying to wipe yourself down in what you can't you don't have a sh- shower. Um, having uh just not having to do this strict routine that keeps you alive and keeps you functioning um at altitude you have to drink lots of water and um, keep yourself hydrated and you know twice three times as much as you drink here um so uh, so it's nice not having the, that set routine like that um nice to interact with people and not think about walking and hiking and uh and 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 what you're going to eat the next meal just having some freedom so you can just relax really
0: so you appreciate your home comfort so much more then
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah
0: (laughs) well come on you've got to you you must have another challenge up your sleeve that you want to do so what's it going to be
1: um, I, honestly, there is, I haven't got one on my list at the moment. And I'm sure something will come up at some point, but there is, I haven't got a not a tough challenge. I, I haven't got anything planned.
0: Lazing on a Caribbean beach somewhere, perhaps?
1: No, that's not my cup of tea. I know, I know. We planned, family have planned. We're going to um, next year. We're going to have a go at canyoning on Mount Olympus in Greece.
0: That sounds a bit more civilized. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant that, Jonathan. I really appreciate you sharing that story with us. And uh, I was really looking forward to speaking to you today and, and getting all the, the you know, the, de- the gory details of some of those uh, challenging experiences, let's put it that way. So thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm going to share this out to the community and hopefully, you know, maybe even some more people who want to contribute to the charity. Do you just want to give that plug uh, a little plug there for, at the end?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we, we've each got our own um, uh, Just Giving page. Um, the mine's for the rainers and Scleroderma Association, and that's at um, Footman J 2017 on Just Giving. Um, we've got um, Andrew and Kath Lindsay, I think
0: who they're doing are the air ambulance, for
1: Yorkshire Air Yorkshire Air Ambulance, and I think that's Andy Kath Lindsay i'm yeah. just giving and then um anna airs is just he's for mental health
0: fantastic okay well thanks again for that jonathan and i'll look forward to talking to you again on the podcast on probably a podiatry related topic because you've got a wide knowledge of stuff on there that i know you'd love to share with the community so thanks again for joining us say bye to
1: everyone thank you Okay, and we'll see you on a sometime as well, Dan.
0: See what? Sorry, I didn't get that.
1: See you on a trek sometime. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be trekking around Warrington, mate. <laughs> 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 oh, thanks for that, Jonathan. I'll see you next time. Okay. And, uh, thanks for tuning Bye in. For Bye for now. Bye for now.